Gator Nation, Neil Shulman here from the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast with the first ever, I guess, mini episode of the pod and the first ever video pod all in one. Before we begin, we're still new on YouTube, so if you're watching this there, please hit that like button and subscribe. Help us keep rising up their algorithms. Couple of big pieces of news to get to, which is why we are or why I am doing this little mini episode. First, Gator basketball, no other way to put it, embarrassing itself in what became its season finale, losing to Central Florida. They were down 24 at one point before losing 67 to 49. Not really another way to put this, just a simply disgraceful performance by the Gators to finish with a losing record for the first time since Billy Donovan's final season. Not going to spend a ton of time on this today. Football is our focus, and we've got a big hire to talk about. But just one final footnote in a real thud of a season. The one thing I'm going to say is that I don't think it's crazy for those of you who want Todd Golden fired because the, the product certainly was unacceptable all season long. Even with Colin Castleton, Florida was just one game over 500 at 13 and 12 when he broke his hand. So – I don't think it's crazy to want him fired. I do think it's early. I do think it is premature to call for a coach's head after one season. I do think the season was kind of cooked before it ever began when Norchad Ramir and Jonai Broom chose to play for Miami and Auburn, respectively. I totally understand why they did. They would have been playing second fiddle to Colin Castleton. But I, I just think that once those guys – chose to play elsewhere this season was doomed to fail because of a very limited front court no depth there to speak of jason jatobo and try as he might i give the guy an a for effort especially with the way he came back from the eye injury the the production is just not there and that's just the easiest and most blunt way to put it we keep it respectful on this pod but we keep it real um you know keeping it respectful means i I'm sure the guy tries his best. I'm sure that he does everything he possibly can to do the best that he can for the Florida Gators. And I, I respect and appreciate that because I was never in a position to play a sport for the Florida Gators. So I cannot say anything other than I'm sure he's trying his best. Keeping it real means he just didn't get the job done. That's, that's just the the cold, hard truth of the matter was he did not produce the way the Florida Gators needed him to. And I think that's going to be a common theme when we start talking about the Florida Gators more. We start doing more of these little mini episodes. Chris Yanes, my co-host, also will do some. And while he's a little more positive than I am, generally speaking, there's some stuff you just can't sugarcoat and you just can't mask with little, you know, sparkles and rainbows. Because, you know, when when the product sucks, it sucks. And there's really nothing he or I or any other Gator podcaster can say to make it anything else. So, um, you know, year two for Golden has to be better. I think that's a very, very common sentiment among Gator fans. I think that if next year the team does not reach the NCAA tournament and finish with a winning record in the SEC, which just means, you know, be one game better, go 10 and eight, which is technically progress. If there's not at least that bit of improvement, it's going to be very, very difficult for the University of Florida to, to drum up any interest in its basketball program for a third year with Todd Golden. I'm not saying that that's going to get Golden fired, but it's it's just going to be a very, very, very steep uphill battle for the Florida Gator fan base to get back into the team. And I think ultimately 
that could result in something similar happening to end Golden's tenure here as what happened to end Mike White's tenure here. So I know I've met Todd Golden. I like him. I think he's very intelligent. I think he could be something very special at the University of Florida, but I think it's also equally possible that we hired somebody worse. My point here with everything I'm saying is that it's just too early to tell. Those of you who want him fired may turn out to be very much correct in your assessments of him. You may be able to have the right to say, hey, we were right before you. I was the first to call. You might get that. It, it just might turn out that way. We don't know. That's the point. Just give it a little bit more time. Give it one more year. And if things are not markedly better in his second season, then I think the conversation starts to change. So that's that. Gator football and a little bit more positive news. The biggest piece of information by far to come out of, of Gainesville this week was one that came off the field slash court, and that was the addition of Billy Gonzalez as the Gator football team's wide receivers coach, or I guess I should say the return of Billy Gonzalez as wide receivers coach. So a couple things to take away here. Number one is that I'm very impressed with Billy Napier in in, in a world where social media is everything, where the internet is everything and people just love to gab and talk and go, ooh, pretty sunset. Let me take a picture. Forget staring at it. Just living in the moment. No, no, no. We need a picture. We need to put it on Instagram. And just we just live our lives on our phones and communicate by text, email, DM, you know, whatever it may be. We can't help it. That's the way this society is. The technology is at a point now where Everyone who has a phone, everyone above the age of toddler has a phone and can't help themselves, but just gossip. Oh, I heard this from that person. Oh, I, I, I like this, but I, I don't know about that. People just love to talk and, and gossip. And in that world, that's very, very different than it was even 10 years ago. Like even in 2010, 2015, even world wasn't quite like that. We weren't quite as obsessed with it. In that world, Billy Napier is able to move in silence. He is able to keep it on the DL in that culture, in that atmosphere. That's amazing to me. That is extremely difficult to do, especially with so many people in his so-called army that he has built. That's a very, very impressive feat because, you know, we, we heard Dallas Baker, we heard Ike Hilliard, we heard, you know, maybe we'll just promote David Decker to the wide receiver coach role. We heard at least six, seven, eight other names or so rumors were swirling about Florida, bringing guys back for second and even third interviews for the wide receiver coach job. And, Oh, look at that. The guy that Florida fans are more familiar with than anybody else, but did not expect to be the hire was the hire. Napier is excellent at keeping things quiet props to him on that. Regarding Billy Gonzalez, <clears throat> I know he's got the Dan Mullen stench on him. And I know the knock on him is that he's not an elite recruiter. So for those two reasons, because, I mean, let's face it, Napier was brought here to A, be different from Mullen, and B, more specifically, to recruit better than Mullen. This feels kind of like Napier's not living up to those things by going back to a Mullen-era staffer on the surface. But go a little bit deeper. Just do a little bit of research on him if you're not familiar, if you're one of the younger Gator fans or newly converted fan. This is an, an excellent hire. First things first, I think everybody who follows the Gators and has for more than 12 months knows the things that he does do well. Even the people that didn't love this hire admit this. 
He's an elite developer of talent. Developed Andre Caldwell, developed Dallas Baker, developed Percy Harvin, developed Riley Cooper, you know, that Lewis Murphy, that first run, Florida was just absolutely loaded at every position under Urban Meyer's stewardship. And wide receiver was not an exception. Florida had some of the best wide receivers in the country in those 2006, 7, 8, and even 2009 seasons. Then he came back for a second run under Dan Mullen, and he developed that fantastic quartet of receivers we had in 18 and 19 with Van Jefferson, Freddie Swain, Tyree Cleveland, and Josh Hammond. Then they all leave. They're all gone. And everyone is thinking, well, you know, Kadarius Toney's really good. He's explosive. Kyle Pitts is a very good tight end. Maybe Trayvon Grimes could be something. We're not really expecting the wide receivers to be that great. They might be okay. They might be able to pull their weight. Maybe Tony will take that step forward. Maybe Trayvon Grimes and and Tony and Kyle Pitts can make for a decent threesome of receivers. But nobody was expecting that unit to really be anything special. The unit is better in 2020. Sure, I understand. I mean, the obvious counter to that is going to be the strides that Kyle Trask made as a passer. And as a field general as a whole, his his intelligence just grew from experience. So, yes, some of the increased production in the offense uh, through the air was due to the strides Kyle Trask made as a passer. But Kadarius Tony took massive strides to become a more complete wide receiver as a root runner, uh, even even just catching the football. He would be a little bit sometimes timid with with reaching his arms up at the end of his route to catch the ball in his first couple of years. He was making. If if you play Madden, you know the you know the button. Uh, uh, I think it's called aggressive catch or strong catch or something like that, depending on the version you have. He would make aggressive catches. He'd keep the hands up at the end of the route. The feet were always moving correctly. They weren't just taking a bunch of little jitterbug steps in a like zigzagging and kind of crazy pattern like that as he worked to get open. No, every step had a purpose. That's that's coaching. That's Billy Gonzalez saying, "Look, you are ridiculously talented." but we got to harness that ridiculous talent in the correct way. You can't just take a ton of random steps just to try to fool everybody because eventually you're going to trip. You're going to fall. You might hurt yourself. Let's make sure every step you take has a purpose. He did that. And he became a phenomenal overall receiver and gained a much bigger part in the offense. We saw him catch a lot more balls down the field in 2020 than he did in previous years. Uh, and, And Trayvon Grimes stepped into a big role in the passing game. Justin Shorter came in and he thrived right away. Not a freshman, but in his first year in the offense, stepped in seamless transition. Easy. It, it looked easy when he threw when Trask threw the ball to him. Uh, Xavier Henderson contributed as a true freshman. He wasn't gonna make him, you know, he wasn't gonna put himself on any Bednarik award or you know, Doug Walker award or any kind of Paul Hornung or any kind of explosive or most versatile sorts of awards in the country at the end of the season when they do those award shows in Orlando. But he was a solid, respectable piece on that offense. There was evidence of real gears turning there in that wide receiver room. So there's that. Gonzalez did not recruit any of the guys I just mentioned, but he absolutely gets some credit, if not all of it, for developing them. And second, to that same point, I I do think Billy Gonzalez is a good recruiter. I don't think he's an elite recruiter, but I think he is a very good one. 
Definitely think he is above average for an SEC position coach. We could debate that another day, though, because guess what? His predecessor already did that for him. Kerry Colbert already took care of that. The guy he's replacing got us three elite wide receivers. Kerry Colbert went and got Andy Jean, Aiden Mizell, and Eugene Wilson. So Billy Gonzalez doesn't have to do a tremendous job on that front, at least not at first. Uh, obviously not going to give him a pass to go ahead and take a nap when you're going into kids' living rooms. You're going to take it seriously. You got to pull your weight because everyone on the staff is going to have to do that. So, you know, don't do nothing. Fulfill your job requirements as a recruiter. But the pressure isn't there for him to land multiple studs a cycle now the way it would have been without those three guys being pulled in this past cycle. So again, yes, he's going to have to recruit. I'm not suggesting he does not recruit daily or die is the saying for a reason. I'm just saying he doesn't have to do it as much and with as much pressure now because of Andy Jean, Eugene Wilson, and Aiden Mizell all here, presumably for at least three years. So he's set there and now he can focus more of his time doing what we all agree he does do best and he can focus most of his energy and I don't want to call it his worry, but you know, his, his days are going to be filled more with uh, the energy that he spends on each given day is going to be filled more with developing the wide receivers than recruiting them. So to recap all that, this offseason, Florida has had three voids to fill on its coaching staff in D.C. Patrick Tony, tight ends coach William Peeler, and wide receivers coach Kiri Colbert. Now we've got all three replacements on the staff. Austin Armstrong at D.C., Russ Calloway at tight end, a promotion within the staff, and now Billy Gonzalez returning after spending one year away from the program for a third stint in Gainesville. This pod gives grades all the time. So we're going to make this little bit of a, what we call final word segment, more interactive here. I'm going to give you guys my grades for each hire. And I want y'all to comment on this video. If you're watching on YouTube, or if you're listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify or Google podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts to so just go ahead and send us a tweet at I A K O W forecast with your grades for these hires for a chance to have your answers read on the next show. Austin Armstrong came first, so he's going to get the grade first. Thought about this one a good bit. Um, I don't have a specific grade I like to give um, or, or a standard grade to give for incomplete or neutral. So typically, though, those grades are going to range between a B and a C when I'm not totally sure, when there's just not a ton of data on the guy. So Austin Armstrong is going to fall within that range. He's going to get a B minus for me just because of his inexperience. I don't think it's a bad hire. I think the fact that he does run a lot of the same looks as Patrick Tony is great from a continuity standpoint. And I think the fact that Nick Saban wanted him, albeit as a linebackers coach, but still Nick Saban wanted him on a staff. He's got the Saban stamp of approval. I think that speaks volumes, but this is a bigger role than Nick Saban wanted him for. And he's only done this bigger role for one year at Southern Miss, which was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything spectacular. Although they did force a lot of turnovers, but the overall numbers were good, but, but not eye-poppingly great, which is what you're looking for when you hire a DC from a lower level school. So 
B minus for Austin Armstrong with the caveat that he could be retconned, I guess, into an A plus when we have hindsight to work with. Russ Callaway is going to get a B. I think this is a good hire for a position coach because you are promoting him uh, from the staff. So there's the continuity box that gets checked there. People within the program that I've talked to about Austin Armstrong love the guy. The people that I talk to, again, I'm not there, but the people I talk to that are there are very, very high on him. They call him a student of the game as a coach. They call him like a, a professor's assistant, like a TA sort of that the guys can all relate to because he's young, but he's brilliant. So obviously that's great. Having a great football mind on staff, the youth, again, the inexperience, you know, understand that that's why he's not getting higher than a B. Um, But he does love his tight ends to be good blockers. That was a note I got. So that's all great. Obviously Florida, I guess could have gotten a bigger name in theory. They could have gone to another big time school and just, lured someone away with a lot of money but then again that's not very practical especially this late in the game after Piegler left as as late in the in the coaching carousel as he did so and you know the biggest name isn't always the best hire so he's gonna get a B from me and last but not least Billy Gonzalez I just laid out all my thoughts a couple minutes ago and because of all that I'm gonna give this an A I think it is an excellent hire for the Florida Gators to bring Billy Gonzalez back an A plus grade is typically reserved for the things that are literally perfect or could not practically be any better. I think the question mark with Billy G on his recruiting is going to keep it from being an A plus grade. And again, I think he's a very good recruiter. I think he'll do perfectly fine there. I just don't think he's that upper, 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 upper echelon recruiter like Kiri Colbert was. So those are my thoughts. Go ahead and comment yours and think that's going to do it for this little mini sode of the in all kinds of weather forecast guys we got some baseball and softball beginning their sec play this weekend gator baseball opens up against a ranked alabama team gator softball opens up their sec schedule against missouri spring practice is in full swing we will have news and notes on a future mini episode or i guess I'll just start calling it a mini so just start portmanteau those those words right now may as well just make that a thing uh next mini so we'll start talking a little bit more about what we're, we're hearing from spring practice from the people who are on the ground down there sort of combine uh the 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 intel we're getting into some posts on the website and all kinds of weather.com as well as in these mini sods. So we'll continue to grow as we do more of these, but looking forward to being more interactive with y'all and talking Gator sports with y'all. That's why I started this, this entire brand almost a decade ago. And it's why the brand has grown different branches such as this podcast, love talking sports. So want to hear your thoughts again. I'll, I'll make sure that everyone, uh, everyone leaves this little mini-sode with that in mind. And we definitely want to make this interactive. So we want to hear your thoughts. So comment on this video with your thoughts, especially on those grades for the hires that the Florida Gators have made this offseason. Till next time, go Gators in all kinds of weather. We will all stick together for F-L-O-R-I-D-A. First mini-sode in the books. And then since we're on video, at least on YouTube, may as well do a little Gator chomp. Take care, y'all. Go Gators.